Hello, welcome to Mindful, the podcast of the Canadian Psychological Association. My name is Eric Bowman. I'm the communications person at the CPA, and today marks the beginning of a special series as we celebrate Psychology Month in February. We'll have a new episode every week during this month, focusing on the contributions psychology makes to society and, in particular, the contributions made by psychology students outside the classroom. We all crave human connection, and perhaps never so much as we have these past three years, with isolation born of a global pandemic becoming a serious issue for many of us. Some psychology students at the University of Manitoba decided to do something about that in nine different languages. Now we're only going to use one language here as we meet our guests. My name is Kevin Prada and I'm a student uh, in the psychology honors program at the University of Manitoba. So I'm Thilini and I'm a first year PhD student from Department of Food and Human Nutritional Sciences at University of Manitoba. Well, welcome to both of you. And you guys have started a really interesting initiative that I believe it started in the summer. It's called the Listening Ear. Uh, am I correct in thinking that you started this uh, sort of at the end of the last school year and it's run through the summer? Absolutely. So Talini and I and our two other colleagues are actually part of the President's Student Leadership Program, which is a full year fellowship offered uh, and open to any post-secondary student in Manitoba. And so we're the fourth, co fourth cohort of this program. There's 20 of us in total in the program from all over the province. And we were tasked with coming up with a summer project to basically assess a need in the community and how we could then respond to that need. And so as the four of us sat down and started discussing what we could possibly do, what other needs and kind of what can we offer? We realized that, you know, with the pandemic, everyone's been so isolated and there's this craving that we felt for human connection and realizing how therapeutic and how important a simple uh, human connection, simple listening ear can have. And on top of that, seeing that within our group, we actually speak a total of nine languages. Winnipeg being such a multicultural city, we figured, you know what, we can actually offer a listening ear to folks. And even better, we can offer a listening ear to folks in the language that they might not have been able to interact with people in, in, in a long time, especially not here in Winnipeg. So we kind of found that intersection of, of what we could offer. We're not counselors, we're not therapists, but we are human beings <laughs> right. who are able to listen. So we divide this this program, the listening ear where we set up shop in different high traffic areas throughout the city, different parks, and for example, the Forks Market and, and places like that. We have our, our A-frame sign and our, our red t-shirts, and we basically just en engage with folks, whether it's a simple hello, already a, a hello and a smile is already something to cheer someone up. But for those who might want, we're able to spend a little bit more time and just listen to whatever might be on their heart, whatever might be on their mind. We have different trigger questions that can maybe help stimulate some of the conversation. Sometimes it can be a little awkward at first, especially with folks wondering, well, what are you trying to sell us? Or <laughs> what <laughs> petition do you want us to sell? It's like, no, 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 nothing. Uh, we're just here uh, to offer a listening ear. So some of the things we might ask are, what's something great that's happened to you in the past week? Or what's something that you're proud of? And from there, we're able to start all sorts of different, really interesting uh, kind of conversations where we're listening, we're offering that attentive ear. And for folks who might need a little bit more than a listening ear, we've actually devised an online directory of services, ranging from food and housing security to counseling services to addictions and substance use supports, and the list goes on. So we're able to send folks to our website then to get that more kind of concerted, more long-term effort and support that they may need. 
Yeah, I saw that you're using a QR code to do that. Is that so you don't have to hand out pamphlets and people don't get worried that you're handing them things and trying to sell them on stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, we wanted a website that's going to be obviously um, adaptable and that's going to be able to evolve because our community here in Winnipeg is such a great community. There are so many efforts and initiatives going on. There's no way we're ever going to know everything. So we wanted something that was going to be dynamic and where we could add new services as we, we learn about them and something that's also fairly flexible. And so when people get to the front page, the homepage of our website, they see kind of a listing of the different kind of domains of services. So they can access many different things without needing to hand out heavy materials and, and, and get too bogged up with that. Just give them the QR code or our website, allistenayear.ca, and they can access those at their leisure. Terrific. Now, you said that between the four of you, you speak nine languages. Kevin, I know you're Francophone, uh, so French is obviously one of them. Fellini. What are the languages that you speak that you uh, you bring to this project? Yeah, so the basically like uh, English uh, that all four of us uh, speak, and the other language I speak is Sinhala. It's because I'm from Sri Lanka and it's my native language, so I speak uh, Sinhala. Those are the two languages that I contribute for this program. And how many people have you spoken to in your native language uh, throughout this project? Uh, is there a real demand for that? Have you found? Uh, so for me, actually, most of the people engaged was in English. I remember the last year, la sorry, last week, uh, we had a session and in there one um, one person came and talked with me. But the thing is, like, uh, he's not speaking Sinhala, but he was interested about uh, after seeing our flag in that name board. Uh, even though he don't speak Sinhala, his parent speaks. Therefore, he's interested uh, and then he came and asked about that. So there are some people that they actually don't speak the language, but they are interested after seeing that we speak those languages. So I had that kind, kind of experiences. But I would say like most of the time uh, pe when people come to us, it's in English. But I know like Kevin, he spoke in French and Spanish as well. But other languages, we get mm. like a little bit of less amount of interactions. Now, there's a fairly uh, large Indigenous population in Winnipeg. Do you have anybody who speaks Indigenous languages? We don't. And so we just have this team of four. And um, actually, we're looking at in the future, because this is such an adaptable program and such a flexible, malleable program, we're actually hoping that this is going to become a perennial event. And in doing so, maybe next summer, seeing if we can possibly recruit other volunteers. I mean, who can't offer a listening ear? So this would be a really great way to be able to get those other perspectives, those other languages, namely Indigenous languages, be able to train them in a way to be ready to to actually offer that active listening ear and to be able to engage with folks, uh, especially Indigenous folks here in Winnipeg. And so we really have high hopes where this could possibly go. We've had people from around the world engage with us and from across the country and people telling us, whoa, like we've never heard of anything quite like this. And boy, it'd be really amazing to have this out in BC or have this out in Quebec, et cetera. And so it's it's really something that we hope is going to keep blossoming in, in the future and that we hope we're going to be able to start serving other folks in new languages and cultures as well. Now, you're transitioning now from what you were doing in the summer, which was setting up a, the high traffic places like the Forks and so on. Uh, now you're on campus. And I saw that your plan was to do this on campus at the University of Manitoba for students who are coming in. Have you started doing that already? Have you started making plans? Uh, yeah, we're actually going to be partnering with the College of Nursing. The College of Nursing uh, has actually partnered with a number of other institutions in Manitoba for suicide, International Suicide Prevention Day, which is September 10th. But on September 9th, there's going to be all sorts of events going on on campus. And we're actually going to have the privilege of being part of that. 
And so, you know, you've got kind of that academic red zone, the first, what is it, six weeks that are always tough. And we know it's going to be even tougher this year because, you know, nobody stepped foot on campus really for the past two years. This is going to be a whole new experience. You're basically going to have three years worth of first year students, basically. And so we know that that need is going to be there and we want to be available for that, especially within the context of, of suicide prevention. And the September 10th, the actual uh, International Suicide Prevention Day is going to be our last, our, our last event day for the summer where we're going to be going to Assiniboine Park and, and engaging with folks there. And one really kind of fun thing that we hadn't planned from the start, but we actually have a mascot and her name is Myrtle. She's my cat and she is a chubby, wonderful cat. And uh, at one point I figured, you know what? She loves people. I wonder if she'd be good for this. And we brought her out for once and uh, it went so well. I mean, to the point where people would come and engage with us really just to pet Myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> and and that kind yeah. of that kind of impact has been really neat to see folks either pick her up or pet her or feed her and just spend time with this cuddly basically therapy cat um, has been really neat too and, and seeing people's faces change the power of that simple listening ear can't be overstated, especially when people have been thirsting, craving that human connection for so long to have a random stranger in a totally anonymous setting. There's no names, there's no identifying information, nothing. There, there really is no risk where they can share whatever they want, the good, the bad, and the ugly to see the impact that, that has on people has been really a privilege for me. And I know my other teammates have, have said the same thing that it really is, has been a privilege for us to be part of this. No, I have a couple of, things that your other teammates wrote. And Amon wrote this. Uh, he wasn't able to be here with us today, but Amon, I think, is that a he or a she? Uh, he. He. Okay. So what he wrote was, uh, for me, engaging with people from diverse professions and different walks of life has been a really standout moment. And by listening to people's success stories and life struggles, uh, it's motivated me and taught me to learn more about life from a wide angle and perspective. So my question to you guys, uh, based on what Amana said, and Fellini, we'll start with you. Has this changed you personally? Like, what what have you noticed changing in you in engaging with this wide variety of people over the course of the summer? Actually, like I can say like this, as a food sciences student, I did not have much experience in this kind of project. So uh, when we first started this, I actually did not expect that people will share this much of information with us. Uh, like the, I did not expect that actually, but once you started that, actually I was surprised by hearing the things that they shared with us, even though they don't know about us. Then I understood that there is a huge need for listening ears in today's society. Actually, if we can provide a listening ear to someone in our day-to-day -day life, I think it can make a huge impact on their lives. Uh, yes, here we are doing a project, but I believe that uh, we don't always need a T-shirt. We don't always need a name board. We can provide that listening ear in our day-to-day -day life. Then that's what we can do for everyone. So that's why I understood and learned from this one. You're kind of like a bartender with alcohol taken out of the situation in a lot of ways, right? My wife is a hairdresser, and I think that she feels this way after a lot of her clients leave, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. uh, You know, she's been that listening ear for them. So, Kevin, how about you? How, how have you found this changing you as uh, you've gone through the summer? 
Well, for me, number one, being in this kind of interdisciplinary team, I mean, we've got everything from physiology to accounting to Tallini and I and my domains. I mean, this is kind of up my wheelhouse as I'm a psych student wanting to get into clinical psychology, but being able to collaborate with people from different perspectives, and especially me being the only Canadian born student in this team has been really neat to have this very international kind of discussion and exchange of ideas to come up with a really solid program. It really is such a simple thing. I mean, who can't do this? And yet to see the power that it has. And for me, I mean, I've been just as isolated as everyone else. I've been going through this too. For me as well, to to, to kind of scratch that itch for human connection and to just come to the encounter of the other, allow the other to tell their story in a way that makes sense to them, that's congruent to them, has been such a gift to me. I mean, we've been able to hear tons of great things. I mean, people who are traveling from around the world and having a great time, people who are celebrating birthdays and wedding anniversaries. I mean, we were at a park a few weeks ago and there was a family gathering there and we would get two or three people at a time from this family gathering who wanted to come say hi to Myrtle. <laughs> and then we would engage with them and we would get two or three at a time and oh, you're from the family gathering too. And so we get to celebrate those really good moments with people. And we also get to take in those harder things. I mean, I'm engaged with a woman whose son had just been taken to suicide, had just been claimed by suicide. Another woman whose daughter had just came out to her as trans. And so she's grappling with these issues and how to do that. And to just be able to sit there with folks uh, has been a, a real great privilege for me. And especially as I want to get into clinical psychology to, to kind of have that encounter with folks has been uh, super valuable for me. To, yeah, I, I just can't say enough how touching this has been for me. I see the impact on others, but I namely see the impact on us as team members. Now, obviously, we're living in some pretty divisive times, and uh, there's an awful lot of rhetoric going on on all sides of every issue. Uh, and there's a level of hatred that's really increased over the last few years in, in our society. Has this all been positive for you guys? Like the people who interact with you, are they all uh, doing it in good faith and do, and uh, and really opening up in a positive way? I think so. I mean, we've had every range of inter interaction you can think of, um, but it all lands in a really positive spin because we're not there to share. We're not there to discuss. We're not there to counsel. And we're certainly not there to share political opinion or ideology. All we're there to do is listen. And so it's so non-threatening that it's accessible to anyone and everyone, no matter their political stripes or leanings or ideologies, no matter where they're at on these hot button issues, everyone can use a listening ear. And so in that very non-threatening very anonymous, very open kind of context to see people from all stars and stripes <laughs> open up and connect to another human being, especially to a stranger to, you know, even with folks we don't actually engage with, with folks we just say hi to, that some random stranger just said hi and smiled to me can, can put a smile on other people's face too. And so it's kind of bridging that divide in a way by something so simple and yet so powerful as human connection. Well, there's a study that just came out a little while ago, started to make the rounds in the news in the last week, where people really underestimate the value of random little acts of kindness throughout the day that just reaching out to somebody you haven't spoken to in a long time or reaching out to a stranger that you are meeting for the first time that little things like this have a much much bigger impact than we all imagine them to have Fellini while you're doing this does that change the way you know you go out and you, you speak to people at the forks or Assiniboine Park or you know uh, I don't know outside the at the Bombers game if uh, if that's something that you guys have done right uh, you speak to these people then you come back home does it change the way you interact with 
uh, your family, your friends, the people who are in your life? Yes, like I can give a very simple example because after I did this program, then I came to home and I asked from my husband, uh, do I listen to you well? Because I, I, I worried that when I'm doing that. So that's a simple example I can give for that. Yes. And what was his response? Uh, yeah, you yes. You know, like, uh, like uh, first uh, he asked, why are you asking that? And then I told <laughs> that I understood that how important it is. Because, you know, like um, when we live with our family members, sometimes like with our busy schedules and those things, like we don't care much about those things. But uh, while we are doing this program, I understood that it's really, really important to listen to someone. And I think the importance of listening is also something that we often overlook. I'm going to read what your other teammate Saeed said here. Since we started a listening year, I've witnessed that after just a few minutes of actively listening to one another, the interlocutor's mood lifted just through the simple power of listening, right? And that listening is simple yet powerful, and it builds fulfilling human connections just by hearing others. And uh, so he says that uh, healing through connection, strength, and community is what he's taken out of this because he's learned the importance and the power of simply listening to another person. So with that, I'll stop talking and just listen to you guys. I, I really like that idea of healing um, that, I mean, we're, especially when we're not in a clinical therapeutic environment, I'm not sitting there thinking about what I'm going to say or about, you know, theoretical frameworks or anything like that. I'm, I'm not thinking about the next thing to say or the right thing to say. I'm just thinking about them. I'm just thinking about what they're saying and paying close attention to that and how healing of an experience that that can be for folks. Like we're, we're really not doing anything special. We're doing something that we hope everyone does, but we're just going out there with red t-shirts and an A-frame sign and doing it actively. That's all we're doing different. And so we hope that this is going to be kind of a, you know, that kind of trigger of, oh yeah, kind of like for Tallini. I mean, going back home and, hey, do I do this? And how how can this be something that people can then start to practice themselves? Yes, with people they're close to, but especially with people that they might disagree with, especially with people who might be different from them. The, the importance of that one-on-one -on -one personal encounter with someone else who may be different to, to not reduce someone to their ideology or to their label, but to, to get to know the human being behind that ideology. Absolutely. When I was in college, a friend of mine, I was in radio college. So uh, I've been in radio for many years and we used to have a show together. So we would try to work out bits that we were going to do on the show. Like, what are we going to talk about? And we would do that on the bus on our way home from school as we went to our downtown apartment. And part of that was we would work it out with each other. We'd sit across from one another, but we'd try to involve every one other person on the bus, right? Who was sitting in our proximity in that conversation uh, to see what worked and what didn't. And we found that over time, just that became something that we enjoyed doing so much simply because you'd see the same person a few weeks later, like, Hey, I remember you guys, right. You know, we talked Absolutely. about uh, the Olympics or whatever it might've been. Right. It, it does build listening skills as well as, you know, interpersonal communication skills. Absolutely. So and even between us, what I've found neat is that, I mean, we're not just listening to the greater public. We're also listening to each other. We're also there to support each other. The four of us, we've had a team now and we've actually, I find gotten fairly close. Like we meet once a week, every time we meet, we check in. And whenever we go out, we always do a bit of a pre kind of briefing and then a debriefing. How you doing? How was this? Is there anything you're going through? And so to also be able to offer that peer support to each other has been really neat as well. Does Myrtle get to, to be part of that debrief? <laughs> she, she she gets the treats and the cuddles. That's, that's what she gets. Yeah, yeah. 
Fellini, where do you see this going from here? Uh, you're going to do it on the campus. You said you have your last event of the year planned already for later in September, Assiniboine Park. Is that going to be it for the winter? I know that doing this outside in the winter in Winnipeg would be unpleasant. So presumably I, I wouldn't stop and talk to you. If it was, you know, <laughs> Neither minus would I. 40 and, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. So like when we initially think about this project, uh, our expectation uh, was to find more volunteers, but uh, like for this summer, it was only limited to all, like only for us, because if we get volunteers, then we should be like assured that uh, they will do it in a like, correct way because uh, at least we need to get some um, advices or something from a person that who can give that so yeah, the uh, maybe the training we, e we just didn't have time to, to set up that infrastructure this yeah summer. yeah right. so maybe like uh, we can do it in next summer with uh, more people with a good training and uh, like at, like things uh, with others but uh, for now, it's only for us. And uh, as you said, I don't think like in winter we can go outside, but for sure, like uh, even in winter, we can go to like um, some places that inside uh, areas to do this. Yeah, but uh, like our main target is to get more volunteers to do that and then give a training to them and yeah. And I mean, we hope that the impact is going to be on those possible future volunteers. I mean, in seeing the media uptake and the interest that's been in this this project, every time I say, well, we're just listening to folks. That's all we're doing. <laughs> that's what everyone should be doing. But seeing that the uptake that's been there is just showing to me that need that there is to remind people of the power of a listening ear, what it means to actually listen to someone, actively listen. That's a skill that a lot of us, I mean, most of us, I, I would argue, need to develop for the rest of our lives. What does that actually mean? And the power that that has that everyone can partake in. So that to me shows the need to, to receive, but also the need to train other people on how to do this. And and hopefully then promote listening ears all over. <laughs> Would you consider taking it virtual or is this something that really can't be done in a virtual way? That the, the human connection is an integral part of this. You know, God forbid that the pandemic gets bad again. We're not out of the woods yet, um, but that may happen. We never know. Our world is unstable as, as we're all far too uh, um, conscious of. But I think that if that were to happen, that that could be an interesting avenue to look at because, I mean, Zoom human connection is better than no human connection. Um, but I think the ideal is always to be there in front of a physical human being because you can't quite get that same, that same connectiveness through a computer screen as you can in person. And, and especially the spontaneous nature of it. I mean, we've intentionally not announced where we're going to be because we don't want folks coming looking for counseling or looking for something more than what we can give. It really is totally spontaneous. And the fruit of that is sometimes we engage with people for 30 seconds. Sometimes it's a half hour, but it's unexpected. It's spontaneous. It's a surprise and it's uplifting for folks and for us too. So I've, I've just come out of the Forks. I've been on a shopping trip and I've picked up some seafood and some pants, right? And I'm walking by your booth. Uh, do I need to approach you or do you guys say hi to me as I walk by? Do you try to engage with me? How does this work, like the nuts and bolts of it? Yeah, so we basically stand there with our sign and our sign has the flags of the different languages we speak. So already people, I mean, this person who came to Tallini over the weekend saw the Sri Lankan flag on our sign and that was kind of their trigger. And so that's an invitation. Our shirts and our signs say, come chat with us. 
great big letters and our shirts have our name on them. But we're also there looking at people, engaging with people, saying hi. I find a lot of people will kind of like beeline it away from us because they think we're trying to sell them something. <laughs> um, but for those who, who show a little bit more interest, then that's kind of our, our in to say, hey, we're just U of M students wanting to engage with folks. We're not trying to sell you anything. Uh, and that's when the real kind of uh, more in-depth impacts can happen. And I mean, just on Saturday, Chalini and I, or Sunday, Chalini and I were out for, what was it, almost three hours. And we had actual engagement conversations with over 60 people. That's not mentioning all the different people we said hi to, we smiled to, and we respect. I mean, obviously, most people who are there are not going to have the time or the energy or the desire to sit down and chat with you. But for those who do, at least it's there. And for those who don't, it's a smile. And so so that's, it, it's it, kind of the nuts and bolts of it. Again, it, it's such a simple thing that anyone could set out and do in any city in Canada or throughout the world. Anyone could set out and do this, but we're just actually doing it. And we hope others may uh, may do the same thing, too. Well, if somebody did want to do the same thing or wanted to volunteer with you guys right in Winnipeg, is there a website they can go to? Is there somewhere that they can check out that would lead them down that path? Absolutely. So a listening ear.ca is our website. So that's where you get all of our services directory. So for anyone who might be in the Winnipeg or Manitoba area, you can feel free to go and check that out. If you want to know the services that are here, you know, a lot of times in my own research and also in my interactions with folks, a lot of time people who might need or who could benefit from the service don't know that they exist or don't know that they can access them. And so just giving folks that kind of online directory that they can refer to is really important. But then on there, we have our different pictures and media interviews. Of course, pictures only of us, like we would never take a picture or, or record any kind of identifying information of anyone whatsoever. And then on there, there's also a contact form. So if folks ever have any questions about us or want to get involved or want more information, they can feel free to send us an email through, uh, through our website. Terrific. Well, I'll put that in the show notes of the podcast as well. So people can check it out. Uh, if you're listening oh, to this right now, go to the show notes and uh, you can look at the uh, entire listening ear website of the leaning. Uh, I know there's been a lot of media uptake for this, a lot of, uh, media outlets talking to you guys about it. But what's the response been within the program itself and within the university? Uh, what are they saying about it and, and what do they think? So, yes, I would say like uh, most of the time, it's uh, very good uh, like comments, feedbacks from the others. And uh, like uh, sometimes like last week, I remember uh, one person came to Kevin and told that I saw you in uh, media. Like like it, it makes even like uh, even I think uh, not them, we also get something from these uh, interactions. Because we feel good that uh, when we hear that we are doing a good thing. And some people say that uh, this is one of the good things that uh, happened to me today, like uh, engaging with us. So I think uh, most of the time, like, for my experience, I don't think like we got any like uh, any bad comment about uh, doing something like that. So. Well, we've is, gotten yeah. yeah we've gotten interest from the University of Manitoba Students Union as well because they're focusing on mental health as well on campus and I mean this contact that we had with the School of Nursing on campus was actually uh, one of the heads of the kind of the mental health side of that school who saw one of our interviews and who got in touch saying hey we we need this on campus we want to collaborate with you and the really neat thing too that this is actually part of that President Student Leadership Program fellowship and so we've got a total of twenty people in this year's cohort so that means four other teams aside from us who are also doing amazing initiatives throughout the country, uh, throughout the, the province. So we're not the only ones, which is extra cool to see that 
all of these folks who have come together who are wanting to learn to be leaders and, and leaders not in a self-serving sense, but leaders for community and leaders for the betterment of others are also doing other really profound and really important initiatives for our local community here. So we're we're kind of part of that bigger picture and this neat opportunity to be able to get together see what the need in the community is proactively go and respond it according to what we can offer in all sorts of different ways. So when you get into this president's program, what was the path to getting in there? Like what made you want to do that? I'm, I'm asking because it sounds like it's a leadership type of program. Mm, and yeah. uh, I just want to read something quickly that Saeed uh, sent in, which is from, he said that from my perspective, effective leadership is effective listening to a great degree. So I think that, that's something that he's taken out of the listening year project. Uh, but you got into this in the first place, I think, both of you, to hone leadership skills, I am presuming. or am Absolutely. I- yeah, absolutely. The program is actually run out of the Asper School of Business uh, at the University of Manitoba. And so it's the James... Uh, w burns institute for leadership and it's actually a unique program in the entire country there's no other university that offers this and especially because it's open to any post-secondary students we have students from university college of the north university of winnipeg red river college it's open to saint boniface university and to everything else so it's this really neat kind of mix of folks and so it is quite a competitive program um, and it's open to all levels of education so Aman and myself are both in our undergrad but Talini and Saeed are both in their phds um, and so that other level two of mixed academic kind of journeys is really interesting. And so once we got accepted, the very first step was a full core week, a full week core week where they actually flew leaders from across the country to come speak to us. We were able to get out there, meet leaders here in Winnipeg, in their element. We also have a mentorship. And so they've mentored us, they've twinned us with different leaders throughout the Winnipeg community to, to be able to learn from them, to meet with them once a month and learn from them what it means to be a leader, not in a CEO, executive, self-serving, rich sense, but in a, yeah, we can be in these high-ranking positions while also using that kind of power and privilege for the benefit of our local community. And so it really is a neat program. Uh, in September, we've got monthly meetings that we were going to be having full days um, for that continued ongoing training, but also for that kind of collegial, let's get together and see how everyone's doing. And so we're going to be presenting our programs, our, our projects in September to the president of the, the University of Manitoba, all of our different stakeholders as well. I mean, we're quite fortunate where the Children's Hospital Research Foundation uh, of Manitoba funded our program. We're able to seek funding for them for the different supplies. And so they're going to be there. And then throughout the year to keep reflecting on how these different experiences, these different learning outcomes are going to impact our lives as we move forward. We've got people from economic development, from education, from law, from medicine, physiology, all sorts of different programs, graphic design, but all coming together in our respective departments and our respective disciplines, but all committed to, to bettering our communities. Well, you guys are certainly an interdisciplinary team. And uh, so, Thalini, with this leadership program, with this kind of training, and you're in your PhD right now, what do you plan to do with this going forward? Uh, what's the what's the path from here for you? Yes. Yeah, so, like, um, like as I'm from food science, uh, one of my goals is in future is to like contribute to the sustainability of the food system and food industries. But while I'm doing that, I always wanted to engage in extracurricular activities and leadership because I don't believe that there is anything that we can do without uh, connecting with others. Uh, so whatever the thing we are doing, we always need communication skills, leadership skills, and those kind of things. So I think one of the main goal of this 
the president leadership uh, program why i wanted to join india is to improve myself as a future leader who can make a, a positive impact to, to the people who around me so i think i will use all these experiences to do that because i'm learning a lot from others because as kevin said like or even in this small group like we are from different for different areas and uh, like uh, even like there are undergraduate students graduate students so the diversity is very very high so we can learn a lot of things from each other Uh, so i want to use those experiences and the things that i learn for my future goal as a, a leader absolutely I, i absolutely agree with saeed saying that i mean listening is a fundamental to leadership and it's something no matter a discipline i mean we've got accountant accountant needs to know how to listen too i mean these are skills that we're going to follow us for the rest of our lives and where we can all have an impact on the mental health and on the well-being of those around us no matter what discipline we're in. Thanks to Kevin and Talini for joining us today on Mindful and thanks to you for listening, streaming or downloading today's episode. Join us again next Thursday as we meet some students in Alberta, University of Alberta, who are mobilizing marginalized and historically oppressed populations to safely and anonymously share their experiences with injustice and discrimination in Canada. Mindful is written, hosted and published by me, Eric Bowman. Our producer is Jamie Montgomery and our theme music is Avenues by David Taylor. 